happy Mother's Day to all you beautiful moms out there. You guys look great. And it's such an honor and a joy to be here, to talk with you. Um, I'm super excited. I feel like God has really been just moving along in this church and in this series. So to get the honor to be able to talk on Mother's Day about the five needs of a real woman is exciting. And we have been in this series. And so if you're first joining us, welcome. Um, my husband last week got to talk about the five needs of a real man, and we were in the book of Ephesians, and I really love this passage. I think it, um, it doesn't get enough recognition. I think there's a lot of what our society and our families and our own kind of selves have looked at this passage and thought, ugh, like, submit. I don't want to submit, right? Like, we look at it and think down on it for whatever reason, or we don't understand it fully. And so my hope today is to bring some really good understanding and clarity to what this really means, maybe even help give a perspective shift so that we can actually step into the blessing God has for our lives as husbands and wives. So turn to Ephesians with me if you have your Bibles with you. And we're going to be reading Ephesians 5, 22 to 23. We're actually going to start in verse 21, which for me is going to be the catalyst because we talk often, like last week, um, verse 22 says, for wives, uh, submit to your husbands. And husbands are the head of the wife. We, we went through all that last week, but what we don't realize is the previous verse from that says, and further, submit one to another out of reverence for Christ. Now, I want to stop there for just a second because I want to point out the word reverence and what that means. So reverence means a deep respect. So when we hold a deep respect for Jesus in the role he's asked us to play, whether we're husband or wife, we actually can lean into the blessing God has given us in those roles for our spouses because of God. And so I want us to focus on that today and hold on to that today. So the reverence of Christ is where we go back to. Because let me, let's just be honest. There's moments in our life when we're with our spouse and he's maybe not acting as respectable. So I have to make a decision as a daughter of the king to say, I'm going to choose to respect him even when he's not deserving of it right now because it's a reflection of who I am to my heavenly father. Yeah. And the same goes, guys, for you whenever you're leaning into loving your wife because guys were built to receive respect and women are built to receive love. And today, we're going to break down what that means, the age-old question, what women want, okay? <laughs> so in this passage, it's interesting to me that they talk about uh, respect for women a couple times, but it's repeated three different times for the men to love your wife. On verse 25, it says, For husbands, this means love your wives, just as Christ loved the church. He gave up his life for her to make her holy and clean, washed by the cleansing of God's word. Then again, it says in 28, In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as they love their own bodies. For a man who loves his wife actually shows love for himself. One more time in 33. So again, I say, each man must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. This is such a great passage because we actually can find so much blessing and freedom inside understanding the role that we play when we take reverence to God within that role to each other. So as that as our backdrop, let's pray. Father God, I love you, and I thank you, God, that you've brought us here for this time and this place. 
that you've given us a purpose, God, to reach you and, and know your name and share your name with so many around us, God. I pray that today your words are shown here, God, and that we walk out of here changed. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, how many of you know, like me being, me being a woman, you being a woman, and guys out there, it's sometimes hard to understand women. I grew up, I heard a couple amens out there. I grew up in a household with two sisters, my mom, my dad, and my brother, my poor dad and my brother, man. That was a lot of emotion. That was a lot of feeling they had to work through. And so knowing that there's, it's hard to understand that, there's questions that come with it, like, how do I do this? What do I do? Being married to my husband, I know it's really hard sometimes for him to understand me. And it kind of reminded me of this joke. So there was this guy walking through the desert, and he found this lamp. So he decided to rub it and see what would happen. Well, out popped a genie. And the genie said, oh, thank you so much. Thank you for getting me out of there. Because you freed me, I'm going to grant you one wish. So the guy thought. He thought about it. And he said, you know what? I have always dreamed and desired to go to Hawaii. But I can't fly. It's too scary. And being in a boat, that makes me so sick and nauseous. I just I can't do it. So I want you to build me a bridge to Hawaii. And the genie looked at him and was like, a bridge? Are you serious? Do you know how much time that would take? How much material? Not to mention the foundation that has to be laid in the ocean all the way down to create stability. It's impossible. Give me another one. So then the guy thought, and he said, mm, okay, I want to understand women. I want to know what they feel. I want to understand their feelings and their emotions, how to answer the questions that they ask or when they don't ask. I want to know the ins and outs. I want to have all of the knowledge. That's what I want. And the genie goes, okay, do you want two lanes or four lanes for that bridge? <laughs> That's too hard. I want to be here to encourage you mighty men. I get it. <laughs> Sometimes there's a lot of facets to a woman and you're like, I... It's like she's crying and she's on fire. I just need to put her out. I don't know what to do. Somebody help me. They say one thing. They mean another. So I want to be here to help encourage you today of how to understand and maybe get a little bit more insight to the needs of a woman. So today, we're going to be talking about the five needs of a woman. And if we women could have a moment to be able to sit with you as our husbands and the men in our life to share with you what it is that we really need, I feel like that we would say some of these things. Number one, please lead me. A real woman is looking for a man to lead her. In Ephesians 5.22, for wives, this means submit to your husbands as to the Lord. For husbands is the head of his wife, as Christ is the head of the church. He is the savior of his body, the church, and the church submits to Christ. So you wives should submit to your husbands in everything. I know sometimes we look at that and think submit. Oh, he's the head of me. That means I'm losing who I am. And that's not actually true. I feel like in society or in growing up, sometimes we get these underlining thoughts of, well, you're a woman. You're powerful. You have an opinion and you need to say it. When that's not necessarily wrong. However, when we take that out of context and we live our life where we're not allowing ourselves to stand in the role God has designed us for, to be led by our husbands for protection, then we lose out an opportunity to be blessed and to grow in those opportunities. It's very, very clear. The Bible is telling us that our husbands are called. They're called to lead our home. And they're called with this because they have this charge on their life 
This is something they will stand before God for. This is something that has brought me peace in my mind. I'm a, I'm a pretty strong person. <laughs> I have a pretty strong opinion. And growing up, I actually um, learned that submission to me was like a bad word in a sense of like, you're not going to step all over me. I'm not a rug. I'm going to tell you how I feel. And if you're wrong, I'll tell you. And I had to really learn later on in life truly what true submission is. Understanding this verse and how I can submit myself first to Jesus in that reverence and then to my husband knowing that he is going to be accounted for for this marriage, for this relationship, how he leads me and how he pours into me. It helped me understand that I could trust my Heavenly Father so that I didn't need to try to fix anything or control anything or be fearful that he would maul over me. So in submission, we, if we can revamp in our mind that submission, that's a gift. It's a gift that helps both my husband and myself to become the best versions of ourselves, yeah, the good. best versions, okay? So I want you to hold on to that. If you struggle with this, I want to encourage you. It takes humility and meekness to be led. This is not just for women, men. This is for you as well. Because this helps us understand when we are submitting to you, we know you're submitting to God. We're in this protection. And when we step out of it, it's when things happen. Same goes there for you. So Matthew 5.5 says, Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. When we understand that meekness is not weakness, we are able to actually step into a strength not a lot of people have. So guys, I want to encourage you. When we're looking for leadership, what we mean is we are looking for mature leadership. And let me help you understand what that means. Growing up, in, as we've gotten more and more kids in our life, every time I would meet somebody, they would ask me a famous question, like, how many kids do you have? I have five. I've got five beautiful boys. And sometimes people will be like, no, you have six. And I'm like, no, I have five. And I have an amazing husband. Because in the sense of me treating him or looking at him like a child in my life, because I don't want to be his mom. He's got a mom. I don't want to be his mom. That I can actually uphold him into a place to lead me well. And does that mean he's always mature in how he's leading? No, probably not. But it gives me the opportunity to place him in my mind um, as I perceive him, like he talked about last week, to call him up to the man of God I believe he is. Because at the end of the day, men, I know that God is with me and standing with me and protecting me even when he's not doing those things. And that's okay. I can, I can surrender him to God. I can surrender him into his hands. So mature leaders, what do mature leaders look like? Okay, what we're looking for is protect us. The husband is the protector of the home. I think naturally, as men, you are wired to go and to protect. You're, you're going to go and you're going to defend. Naturally, it comes out of you. And I love so much that we as women can lean into that. And I want to encourage you, your wife deeply desires it, even if she's strong. That's okay. It's okay to have a strong wife. You just got to be a strong leader for her. Number two, provide for us. Now, when we hear provide for us, oftentimes people will go to provision, money. You got to bring in all the bucks. Well, that's not necessarily true. Some I know several mighty women who actually are the breadwinners of the home. But that doesn't mean that you're not providing as a man because you can provide spiritually. You can provide emotionally for her. You can bring something to the dynamic of your home that is so needed. Number three is pastor us. 
This one is super important. I think sometimes people forget that they actually have and are called to pastor their home because that is your first ministry. So we started this church and he's the senior leader here. But before this church, he's actually the senior leader and the pastor of our home. And he leads and protects and calls and, and calls up our boys. I and mean, we have five young boys. What more beautiful thing can I see as his wife and feel more at peace knowing that he is showing them what it looks like to be a man of God, to be mature, and to grow through the things that maybe he's not great in or the things he's not mature in. So I want to encourage you guys to take a look at your life and say, is this, take an evaluation, like where am I in leading or where am I in pastoring? Because he is my pastor. He is our leader. And your husband, you men, you're the first pastor in your wife's life. You get to uh, cover her and shower her. Ephesians 5.26 says, to make her holy and clean. That was your charge. Washed by the cleansing of God's word. That you get to pour into her and pastor her. Especially when she's upset or sad or when she just needs somebody to talk to. Number two, please romance me. 1 Peter 4.8 says, most important of all, continue to show deep love for each other, for love covers a multitude of sins. The key word here is show. We as women, we very much desire to have it shown to us, not just told to us. And so it's important to understand that romance is a key, vital, important. And it's like he said last week, it's not like the movies. It's not like you roll out of bed and you're like, hey, like, no, like there's things that need to get taken care of before you have moments in your life that are romantic. And romance is not just about um, the romantic part of it. There's so many more facets of this. Um, it can be hard. It can really be hard. I want us to take a moment and think about our day. Okay. So we have five children. I'm sure some have got lots of kids or have got, you know, responsibilities and things like that. So you wake up in the morning and you have to get the kids ready for school. You got to get breakfast on the table, make sure everybody has their shoes on, get them out the door. And then once they're out the door, then you have to get to work and you got to work nine hours and you're at work with your boss and the people that maybe drive you crazy and you're working hard. After that, maybe you have sports and activities that you got to drag your kids to or take your kids to. Your calendar's full. Then what's next? Dinner. Oh my gosh. Now we have to go do dinner. We have to make dinner. We have to clean up dinner. We have to do all of these things. And now oh my gosh, bedtime. Bedtime takes forever. Everybody has to get some water. Mommy, he's touching me. Where's my, where's my pajamas? Why are you naked? Like, go back to bed. Last night, my little one came down at almost 9.30 and we put him to bed at 8. I was like, what are you doing? Again, we do this every night. And you're exhausted. You're exhausted, right? Both, both husbands and wife are just exhausted. But for wives, we, for me, uh, my day consists of homeschooling five boys and 9,000 loads of laundry. <laughs> Let me tell you something. The curse of Eve was not childbearing. <laughs> that ends. Laundry does not. Amen. <laughs> and all the moms, yes. So let me tell you something. When my husband comes home and he sees me and he's just like, hey, girl. <laughs> And I'm like, no, boy. Mm -mm. It's really, really hard to turn on like light switch 
We don't know how to do that. We can't do that. We're feelers. And when we've been drained all day long of mental and emotional, all kinds of little ones just pulling on you, draining from you. Maybe you're at work and your boss is just on you or whatever, and, or somebody's bothering you, whatever, whatever it is. If we don't have those moments in a day where we have input from you, our husbands, for romance moments, it's really, really hard to, to turn, to make that turn. So what does real romance look like? We broke it down into two things. No, number one, romantic moments. I want to tell you this looks like two different things, okay? And neither one of them are bad. These actually are really great. So take a moment, kind of evaluate, and ask yourself where it is that you might do these well or where you could get better at them. Number one is shoulder-to-shoulder -shoulder moments. These can be activity-based. It can be something like going to the movies, working out, maybe playing games. Sometimes my husband and I will go play pickleball together. It's really a lot of fun. It's active. The other one is face-to-face -face moments. These moments take a little bit more effort. These are more important in conversation, which we desire so much. We desire to actually get into the thralls of, of how we're feeling and what we're feeling. And I, guys, that can sometimes be a little bit like, oh my gosh. But if you take the time throughout the week to just listen to her and just talk to her, I'm telling you, the conversation will be so much more fruitful. We also have romantic acts. Now, romantic acts can be anything like giving gifts, flowers, candy. It can be small. It doesn't have to be big. Or notes. You can write her a note. Put it on the mirror. You can just leave it on her phone. Put it on her pillow with a flower. Oh, my gosh. That'll speak volumes. Or maybe text her. Put a, If you're not good at it, right? So I, sometimes I have people be like, I just can't remember. Put a reminder in your phone. And it'll bing and be like, oh, and then you text a quick thing to your wife, right? My husband does really, really great at this where he'll call. And if I don't answer right away because I'm buried under laundry and five children, <laughs> he will leave me a message that I can go back and listen to and smile from ear to ear, knowing that he's speaking life into me. He's helping set me up throughout the day to feel like I'm not alone, to feel like he's with me and he's there with me and encouraging me. Another one is touch, loving and appropriate touch, right? My husband does a phenomenal job. He'll, out of nowhere, walk up to me and just put his hand on my face. And it just makes me feel so happy because I know that he's there loving me in a way that says, I want nothing from you. I just want to love you. Yeah. Right where you're at, I want to help refill your tank if you feel depleted because you've had kids pulling on you all day. I tell my kids all the time, like the five love languages, which also I want to point out is a great tool. This book is phenomenal. So guys, I'm really big about understanding how we're wired. The gifting and gifts God has given us so that we can use them properly, we need to know about them. So this book, The Five Love Languages, is so, so good. It breaks down five different love languages that we all have in us. So when you understand yours a little bit better or you understand your wife's, you can actually pour into her in a way that she will receive and feel love from you. So I want you to know that romantic acts, they don't have to be complicated or expensive. They can look something like this. Hey, babe. Hey, babe. How are you? Good. Good? Hey, let's go shopping. Want to go shopping? shopping? We have a baby. No, your mom will be here in 30 minutes. Got a babysitter all lined up. We're going to go to Home Goods, then we're going to go to Target. Sounds good so far, yeah? Then we're going to go to pedicures after? What? Yeah, let's get pedicures. Yeah? Oh, eyeliner. <laughs> Away. What? And then we'll go uh, get brunch. You want brunch? We'll go to First Watch. Yeah? We'll get some pancakes. 
Yeah, syrup on them. Maybe some uh, biscuits. Oh, yeah. Uh, whatever you want to do. Yeah. Chick-fil-A. We've got a peach milkshake. Yeah, peach milkshake. Ready? You want to go? Wait, really? Yeah, let's go. Yeah! Come on, man. I hope you were taking notes in that moment. It really does not take a lot. Did you hear her at the beginning? We can't do that. We have a baby. And what did he do? He's like, no, no. I handled that and took care of that because I see you and I want to help you understand that you're not alone in this. I want, you to help, I want to help you understand that I'm here with you and I love you this much. Okay? Number three, please listen to me. James 1.19 says, understand this, my dear brothers and sisters, you must all be quick to listen and slow to speak. Every woman needs to be heard by her husbands. Sometimes communicating can be a little bit difficult, though. So I want to be able to talk to you about four different ways that you can communicate with your wife and have some connection and have a blessing from it. So number one, take interest in what she's interested in. I know sometimes it can be a little bit hard because naturally you're, you, you, you may not be interested in painting. You might not be interested in, you know, parasailing. You might not be interested in hiking or whatever. But when you take that time to recognize that you're putting yourself aside for a moment for her, it speaks so much to her to know that she's, again, not alone. Number two, please hear me. When she's talking, it's so important to, to listen and to not interrupt. One of the things that we learned in our uh, counseling early on, because we're both very strong, was I wanted him to hear me. And so when he was talking, I was only thinking about what I wanted to say next or how I was going to respond. And some of us might in here might understand that. We might have been in the same boat. He was the same way. So we were just going at it and we would never really get anywhere because we were so tied up in wanting that person to understand what I'm saying. And so my count, our counselor had said, what you need to do is sh shut your brain off and just listen. Listen to what they're saying. Listen to what they're not saying. And it will help so much in your communication. Another thing is it's really hard when we're sharing and we're feeling and then there's coming in and you're fixing it. Sometimes all we need is for you to go, oh man, babe, that sucks. That really sucks. And I'm so sorry. And I love you and I'm here for you. And then after all of the emotional part goes around, then she'll come back and be like, okay, I need you to go smack that person. I need you to go pick up this thing. It'll come back around because as men, we want to conquer. We want to fix. We want to succeed. We want to win, right? And so I get that. But there's, like, uh, there's a way to get around it. Number three, give undivided attention. Oh, my goodness. This one is so, so important. So oftentimes, my husband and I will, you know, go to dinner or we'll go out or we'll just be sitting on our couch talking and I'll be sharing with him something in the day and then all of a sudden, he'll pick up his phone. And I stop talking. And he'll tell me, go, go, go ahead, keep going, I'm listening. And I'll say, no, I'll wait. Because for me, if I don't have your eyes... I don't have your ears. And I just need you for just a few moments. So what can help, guys, is if you plan in your mind, when I get home, especially stay-home moms, like we've been with children all day long, 
and they've been pulling on us and asking us 9,000 questions or things that, you know, aren't really that big of a deal, but they are to them. So we're drained and we want to be able to get all of our words out. We don't want to dump on you, but we also want to be able to know that we can have somebody that can, will listen to us and talk to us. So plan out maybe like, okay, I need to come home and I'm going to have like 20 minutes to kind of settle down, settle in. And then babe, like, let's sit down and talk. Tell her, say, come here, sit down on the couch with me. Tell me about your day. Have no phone, turn off the TV. I'm, she'll look at you like, who are you? What is happening right now? Oh my goodness. Number four, talk hopes and dreams. Remember that she is somebody that has had dreams in her life. No matter what they are, they matter, and she wants to talk about them. Our children are such blessings in our life, but they also don't only define us. We don't want to get lost in underneath the whole, like, I'm just a mom. And being a mom is so precious. It's something that I would never give up for anything in the world. But also, as women, we need to know that there's so much more out there. We want to do it with you. We want to know you're for us. We want to know that you're with us. Okay? Number four, please consider me. 1 Peter 3, 7, husbands, in the same way, treat your wives with uh, consideration as a delicate vessel and with honor as fellow heirs to the gracious gift of life so that your prayers will not be hindered. What I love here is that God is letting us know in this passage that we are delicate vessels in Jesus' name. And God is showing us that we as heirs, Together, we can actually be honoring to one another. So here's what I've learned. Men are built with, they need respect and honor. And women are built, they need love and honor. And so when we can understand that for and with each other, it's so powerful. What does consideration mean? It means having or showing regard for the needs and feelings of others. This simply means being thoughtful. To be thoughtful to your wife is so vital and important. It could be the smallest thing. That guy was thoughtful, right? He totally surprised his wife and took her off her guard, but he was thinking of her. Sometimes uh, in our past, Aaron and I would uh, struggle with this. There would be times and moments where he would be in such go mode. He would be working and he would be going and he would want things done and, and that's fine, but he then all of a sudden, I would start feeling like I was his assistant and I would tell him, I'm not your assistant, I'm your wife. And he would have to come back to remembering that he needed to consider me. So you want to give careful thought to the ways that you consider. And the ways that we can do this, there's two different ways, okay? So the first way is with words. Colossians 3.19 says, Husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. I get it. Sometimes it's hard because women, when we get emotional, we can have a lot of things come out of us that are not pretty. And if you've been there... That's part of our responsibility to understand that our emotions are there, but they don't rule us, and we need to be able to recognize them and then be able to um, submit them to God and then work through them with our husbands. But husbands, also, this helps whenever you choose, you choose when we don't deserve it, to be able to be gentle with your words, because how many of you know your words matter? So we should take measure in what we say. We should take measure. You need to take measure in how you say it to your wife. So what you say and how you say it. The tone and the pitch make all the difference. How many times have we said that? It's not what you said. It's how you said it. All right. Um, people have to often, often think about actions. Whenever we think about planning things in our life, we need to consider 
We need to consider each other. Husbands, it's so important to make sure there's great conversation, to know that your wife is, is aware of what's going on. I can't tell you how many times um, when we were younger, my husband would make plans, and then all of a sudden, people would just show up at our house. And I'm like, I'm not ready. What's happening? I didn't know what was going on. He's gotten so much better, and he often will say when people want to get together or they want to do something with him or with us, he'll say to them, this is his thing, awesome, let me check with my wife first. It's not because he can't do it or he can't make that decision. It just means he's choosing to consider me and maybe things that I have uh, needed or thought of or maybe I'm tired, but I love the fact that he chooses to consider who I am and what I need in that moment. Another way is the buying things. So if you're the spender in the relationship, it's important to make sure that you remember to consider. You consider your spouse. You don't want to just go and make a huge purchase without any conversation because you're in this marriage together. You're, you're in it together. You make those decisions together. And again, it's not because you can't do it. It's because you want to show love and consideration to the one that's in your life. That's right, yeah. Number five is please be committed to the family. Every woman needs to feel like she's number one. I've told Aaron several times in my life that when we get into high working things and he gets super, super busy, sometimes he forgets or he used to forget. He's gotten better now, but he's, he'll forget that there, there has to be something more in the sense that he's not going to sacrifice his family on the altar of ministry. And that's something that's super, super vital and important. Women need to feel like the highest priority. So guys, like you have these hobbies and these jobs and these things that are important to you. And what helps, I've noticed and we've noticed in our life, is when you stop and you take an evaluation or you stop and you realign, right? We do that with our cars. We stop and we clean out our mailboxes, some of us anyways. We, um, you know, we go through life where we take an evaluation of where we are in life. We stop and we go to the doctors when we're not feeling good. That's the same way in our marriage that's so necessary and so needed. And a good way to do this is really by listening. If you just listen to what they're saying, it will help you tune into what they're needing. If they're saying things like, man, I really miss you. And you think, well, I've, I'm here. I come home every night. I work, you know, I work and I come home. That, that There might be something more that they're saying. They might miss a special connection. They might miss an emotional connection with you. And so then there's your tell to be able to go in and to be able to make an adjustment that you need. In our house, sometimes when we've traveled, we try to plan out our calendar in our house when we've traveled. If our kids are starting to say, man, like you're leaving again, that's another indication that we probably need to step back and take a look at what we need to reevaluate to pour into one another. The spending habits is important as well. And I'm not talking just about money. Money is one of them, but time is so vital because time you can't get back. Money you can make more of. Once time is gone, it's gone. We can't get it back. So one of the things I've learned is asking myself, what am I doing with my time right now? In this moment is really all that I have because I'm not promised tomorrow. So if I'm with my husband or if I'm with my children or husbands, if you're with your wives or you're, you know, you're with your kids, what is it that you're pouring into them in that moment? Are you there willing to be humble and listening to maybe areas that you might be lacking in that you could be better in? Listening is such a key, key effort. It's so, so vital and important. I just want to encourage you men. I'm closing with this. I want to encourage you men. 
that there is something so important of who you are and the role you play for us as women that we can't actually get to the next level we need to be at without you, without you speaking life, without you pouring into us and pastoring us, without you taking the time to consider us, to talk with us, to let us even just sometimes have a moment. Grace goes a really long way, especially for somebody who's a creature of emotion. Now, the emotion doesn't rule us, but it is something that is in us. And you can help us grow and reach the next level. And just like I pray over my husband, you know, that he would continue to be the man of God I believe he's becoming, that's something you can also do for your beautiful wives. You can look at her and speak life into her. I know that you are an awesome, mighty woman of God. I can see that you are doing incredible here at home. Thank you for all the work that you do the seen and the unseen. Thank you for the sacrifices you make. Man, a thank you goes a really, really long way for a wife and a mom. It really does. And it's not that we're looking for that, but it's something that speaks life into each and every one of us.